0: The all new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare, the all new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof, the all new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated.
1: Welcome to To Homer Back, the official podcast of Streaking the Lawn. My name is Pierce. Once again, I'm joined by Matt. Say hello, Matt.
2: Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: I'm doing great. and We're also joined by Brian.
2: What's up, everybody?
1: And we've got a very, very special guest tonight, UVA's Joe Harris is in the house. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Oh, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, we're, we're happy you're here. We're here to, uh, hear your thoughts on, uh, certainly, you know, it's not basketball season yet, but it's only a couple months away and maybe chat a little bit about football, but most importantly, we've got you on to, uh, share a cause that, uh, we've got, uh, the, that you've got going on and, and some fundraising and hopefully getting the word out there. If you want to jump right in and, and tell us what you've, what you're, uh, working with, with the give naked.org website.
3: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, like I mean, most people kind of saw um, in the news uh, over the past month, and even now it's, it's going on pretty pretty badly in Northern California. Just all the wild wildfires that have kind of swept mm-hmm. across uh, the western part of the United States. Um, you know, the state of Washington was hit pretty bad, and in particular, my hometown um, where I grew up in North Central Washington, really small community, Lake Chelan. Um, unfortunately. 40, 50 homes burnt down, a lot of the agriculture, a lot of, uh, businesses, and just, uh, you know, just a lot of the overall damage to the, to the area. Um, you know, again, not, not only my hometown, but a majority of, of Washington state and the north central Washington area, um, was pretty, pretty badly affected. And, uh, you know, I kind of teamed up with, um, this, uh, relief, relief fund and charity outlet from my hometown, um, Chelan Valley Hope. Um, they have a site give naked.org and the, the charity is, is give naked and, uh, they're, uh, they're a hundred percent dedicated to giving all the proceeds to, uh, to the victims of, of the fire. And, uh, I think they've already raised over $160,000 and, um, you know, they're just trying to, to do their part to, to really help out. Everybody that was affected, um, you know, the town that I grew up in is, is really small. Um, most of the economy thrives on, on tourism and agriculture. And mm. when those two are not, uh, prevalent, you know, it makes things pretty tough for people. And, uh, unfortunately after, after having the fires, you know, kind of peak se- season of tourism and burning down the majority of the agriculture, um, mm. you know, kind of hit my town, town pretty hard. So. You know just trying to do what we can to help raise the money and uh you know put people in the good spot you know once uh the winter months come out so they can kind of just recuperate and try and rebuild and, and get get back on their feet a little bit so uh you know i think uh you mentioned earlier the site is give org. um you know any donation it helps out and goes a long ways and uh you know we're just really trying to spread the word and help raise awareness and you know just a, awareness in general of um, you know, firestorms and the wildfires that are, are negatively affecting, um, you know, a large part of the western part of the United States. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, you can't turn on. Uh, any of the national news uh, all all month long without hearing about the devastation over there for sure. So I know there are people out there who are going to want to help from all over the country, but certainly us here at Oahu Nation can chip in. Uh, If you're listening to this uh, via the player that's on the blog, we've got the link right there. But if you're listening to it via podcast or your cell phone or whatnot, uh, you can just go to givenaked.org and Joe's uh, specific Uh, Fund is the first hit right there, Uh, so it's on the homepage of givenaked.org, and certainly if if everybody who clicked on the sad UVA fan uh, article we had today and gave five (laughs) bucks, he he would more than meet his goal. so I know there are a lot of y'all out there uh, that can help us, and and obviously, just like any other fundraising, you know, a dollar here, five dollars there totally can make a huge difference uh, for a community that really needs it for sure um and if you need uh you know to get the word out uh let us know joe we're, we're happy to help for sure but uh for those who are listening right now just just click the link and and give what you can and uh we can help out a, a good community there and there are a lot of details on the site about the specific rebuilding uh needs that are going on and you can find out more all there and again it's givenaked.org. Give um but why don't we uh talk a little bit about what you've been up to uh joe i know uh NBA finals uh, you know, appearance in your first first year, that's gotta be um pretty pretty amazing and, and I you know, I'd just really like to hear about uh that transition from the college game to to the NBA and, and what your daily life's like and and I mean especially having to move in between um the Canton team and back to Cleveland and the roster oh, yeah. and all that. What, what what's what's the life been like since you left Charlottesville?
3: <laughs> I mean, it's been wild. Uh, I've, I've loved every minute of it. You know, I really enjoy living in Cleveland and, uh, you know, just really fortunate to be, you know, kind of in the position and with the organization that, that, that I'm with. Um, you know, it's a real experience having the season that we had and, you know, being able to practice and play and see some of the best players in the world. Um, on a daily basis, and then for us to go as far as we did is to have that experience of, of uh, you know, playing in the NBA Finals, you know, even playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, that's something that not a lot of guys can can ever say that they've done. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, to have that in my rookie campaign um, was unbelievable. It was just a, a surreal experience. But you know, all in all, it was just uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, being able to play play ball for your for your job is is pretty ridiculous. It's amazing that, you know, you get paid to to do something that you love to do. And, uh, you know, I'm just really fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. And, you know, I'm trying to take it all up as much as I can, soak it all in, and, uh, you know, just try and make the most of the opportunity that I have. Good stuff.
2: Hey, Joe, it's Matt. Um, it seemed like you were in a pretty unique experience for the first year because you're on a team that, is really veteran heavy, you know, with guys from mm-hmm. LeBron to to Kevin Love, Richard Jefferson, all of those guys who have a lot of experience in the league. How did you find that to be to be helpful during the, the rookie year and, and helping you to acclimate to the league? Or super intimidating. Yeah. Either, either way. Yeah. What was that? Or super
4: intimidating, right? Either way, helpful or intimidating.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, for a lot of people going to, you know, my position – you know, you definitely think that um, it would be intimidating. But, you know, I tried to kind of alter my perspective on it. Um, you know, I looked at it more as a good opportunity to, to just kind of compete against, you know, guys that were better than me and just really trying to, to improve, but also learning as much as I could. Too. I mean, there's these guys, like you said earlier, you know, veteran heavy, heavy team, um, guys that had been around in the NBA for a long time, you know, 10-plus seasons have had a lot of success in uh, their time um, in the NBA. So I was just you know, trying to learn and pick these guys' the brains as much as possible. And, uh, you know, if anything, I think the fact that I was on the, the team like this where, you know, maybe I didn't get to play as much, but I had mm-hmm. the, the experience of getting to learn, you know, from some of the best best players in the league and guys that, you know, even guys like James Jones and Mike Miller, who maybe didn't play necessarily as much on our team, but have played, you know, 12, 13, 14 years in the NBA, um, mm. you know, to be able to to learn from them and just like have them at your disposal, it uh, was really beneficial, you know, and that's not to take anything yeah. away from like young, some younger teams in the NBA where maybe I might've had an opportunity to play a little bit more, but mm. um, I think I, I was in the best possible position for me just to, you know, really try and, you know, get my feet under me and, and figure everything out about the NBA lifestyle and, you know, what I needed to do, you know, trying to be as inquisitive as I could and, and learn as much in, in my first year as possible with, mm-hmm. you know, in the back of my mind, I kind of, you know, realized, uh, that, you know, my opportunity to play was probably not going to be there in this year. So I used it more as an opportunity to try and learn and, and try and improve as much as I could so I can be ready mm-hmm. for the years to come.
1: Is it beneficial to I, I know no one obviously would ever want to be sent to, you know, the D League, but is it beneficial to have those um spurts where you are getting a ton of playing time in in the middle of this season going on and headed towards the playoffs and being able to, you know, learn and absorb because you're not getting the the playing time with the, you know, the the starters and the NBA as much as you would like, but then being able to put that, what you're learning up there into practice and jump it back and forth, or is it just a complete pain in the ass to have to go back down and and
3: move around? Yeah, I mean, the D-League kind of has a little bit of a negative connotation. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when 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 they initially told me that, um, you know, they wanted me to go down and get some time. In the D-League. I was, uh you know, I was upset and I was a little ticked off because of that also mm-hmm. because, you know, that was just my initial reaction to it. I just, I didn't really know that much about it. And, uh, and uh, I just, I kind of just assumed what everybody else thinks about it, that. It's just, you know, there's not a very good, a lot of positive things that have been said about mm-hmm. the D-League. And, uh, but when I got down there um, and started playing with them and get, started getting, going back and forth and getting the opportunity to really play, you know, even Learn a little bit more. The like the Cavs do a great job of, of using their D League affiliate as more. It's like they use it like a, almost like a like a Triple A baseball team for like a major mm-hmm. for a major league team. And right. that's what the, the D League is trying to become. Like it has mm-hmm. a lot of potential to be the best, you know, or it should be, in my opinion, it should be the best, um, you know, minor league system in professional sports. I mean, it has the platform and the potential to do so, but just they just don't really have. You know, the resources of the backing power right now. but I think more mm-hmm. and more teams are starting to get their own affiliates like Cleveland has. And, you know, the management, the guys that are in the front office with the cab, they work hand in hand with people that do day to day stuff with the Canton team. So they're always mm-hmm. on the same page. So, so when I would go down and I play with Canton, I would run, they would have me doing all the different, all the same stuff that we do with the cab. So they ran all the same plays, did all the defensive They try to do everything as similar as possible, so it's a seamless transition when you go back and forth. And to be honest, me going down there was great. I I was a little bit negative and maybe a little pissed off about it at first, but when I got down there and I started playing, I I loved it. I actually I would have been all for just you know even staying down there and playing every game through the rest of the the season with them if I had my choice. It was Uh it was just a good opportunity to really. Play. I mean, it's hard to simulate in an individual workout with these cal the Cavs skill development guys what you can get from thirty playing thirty minutes in the game. Like I just couldn't get that in my individual right. work with the Cavs. So for me, I'm got and like I still got the best of both worlds. Like I would practice with the Cavs in the morning, and then I would go play with Can in the evening. So I had a little bit different situations than than some guys that play um, go back and forth in the league. I know like Miami, the Heat, there their D-League team is in South Dakota. So it's like, David, you got <laughs> okay. to D-League, like you're getting shipped off to South Dakota. They're probably not coming back for who knows how long. So my situation <laughs> is pretty good where Kent is pretty convenient in terms of the location. I mean, right. it's like a 40-minute drive. It's like a practice in the morning with the Cavs, go play with Kent evening, and vice versa. And I really That's did awesome. enjoy doing it. And it was good, really good in terms of just like for my development as a player. And I think going forward,
4: um, I'm going to be really thankful for, you know, the time that I spent there. Sure. Sure. That's really cool. Um, you know, Justin Anderson, you know, got drafted last year. He's going through uh, a lot of what you did uh, just the previous year and, you know, who knows whether he'll end up playing in the D league a little bit or he'll, if he'll be with the Mavs the whole time, but you know, have you got, have you gotten a chance to reach out to him? You know, have you guys connected at all? Uh, are you working with him at all to help him with his transition? Or you
3: let him? Let oh him, yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, Justin is one of my closest friends just from our time at UVA mm-hmm. together. And uh, you know, I uh, when he decided, you know, even when he was in the process of contemplating whether or not he should go, you know, into the draft or stay, you know, I tried to be as helpful with him as possible. And uh, and then even when he when he decided to go and then he got drafted, I met up with him, you know, quite a bit when we were out in summer league. I tried to watch his game and just like. You know, chat with them and, and hang out with them. And then even now, you know, if I, if I feel like I'm, you know, I, like, I'll maybe i will be kind of like in, like, I'll think about something, you know, during one of my workouts or during the day. Um, you know, whether I'm in the weight room doing whatever, and I'll be like, Hey, this, you know this might have helped me a lot. Um, you know, my first year, like, thinking back on I mean, it, I'll just be like, I'll shoot Justin in the back. So I'll be like, Hey, man, like, I was just thinking about this. I think he, be helpful for you going forward. You mm-hmm. take it for what it's worth. But, like, mm-hmm. I just, like, I really want Justin to, to do well. Like, I, I, he's one of my closest friends. But like, I love the dude, and I just want I want to see him have uh, have success. So, you know, whatever I thought that might have helped me in my first year, I tried to just pass it off to him. And, and then just kind of keep tabs with him. Like, I was going to try and work it out where I could go to um, a game I mean, in, in one of the football games in Charlottesville around the same time. That he was there. I know that he was there this past weekend um, for the Notre Mm Dame game, but I didn't end up getting to make it, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I know I'll meet up with him um, during the season, obviously, when we play in Dallas and when he comes up and plays in Cleveland. Are you going to have any
4: any tips for him in terms of any of the uh, general rookie antics? Like, I know, you know, you walked around with a book bag uh, all year long, uh, got (laughs) punched by LeBron a couple times. uh, Any tips for him?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, from what I've heard is like he comes, uh, or he's gone into a pretty good situation as well. He's got some good veteran guys. Uh, I'm sure they're going to mess with him a little bit, but as long <laughs> as he just, as long as, well, uh, one of the quotes that actually, uh, that sticks out in my mind or actually there's two. Mike Miller and James Jones told me at the very beginning of the season, they said, uh, he said, it's better to keep your mouth shut than to get your ass whooped. And they told me, uh, they say, and then the other one they said, he said, don't take it personal, just take it with you. So those are the two <laughs> ones that I kind of base, whatever, whenever they tried to give me some slack or like made me do stuff, I just try to do whatever they're asking me to do so I didn't, you know, end up, uh, having like, you know, something severe out of me. I think cause in all actuality, like, these guys, they have, a, they have, you know, a lot of money and a lot of time on their hands. So like, whatever they could think of, they could probably do with <laughs> you, um, you know, in God. terms of like, hazing and stuff like that. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh,
1: well, that's—I think that's good life advice, even. Just uh, <laughs> keep <that> shut. <laughs> it sounded to me uh, earlier like uh, I think we can put the reason Justin Anderson left early on Joe Harris. I think you were owning up to it, uh, pushing. <laughs> hey man, I, I did not say
3: anything about that, man. I mean, I'm still <laughs> as—I, as, you know what? I'm probably as die-hard as they come now in, in terms of being just a, a fan of the basketball team, so. I was actually, in the back of my mind, I was hoping for him to stay just because, you know, I want to see the Hoos go all the way and win it all. I thought they had a good shot with him, but I didn't think they have a good shot even without him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You guys heard well, it. You're in the first middle of
4: Joe a – Joe Harris thinks it was a terrible mistake <laughs> for him to go early. You guys heard it here first.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Either way, we're going to twist it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I can't really win in that situation. No, I
2: just kept my mouth. That's one of those situations where you keep your <laughs> mouth good. Joe, when you're in the middle of a of a season and, you know, 82 game season going back and forth between Canton and Cleveland and, and constantly on the road, are you able to catch many of the UVA games? Uh, do you record them? Are you in touch with uh, any of the, the players or the coaching staff during, or is it just too much of a grind to, to really stay up on things? Yeah, that's actually probably one of the most unfortunate
3: things about um, the NBA season and just kind of the lifestyle in general is that you don't really have um, that much time to sit down and watch a lot of the games. Like college basketball, it's, it's hard to, to keep up with the games. I mean, obviously, like, I would record them and, you know, watch the, the game tracker and, and do stuff like that when I could. But I probably mm-hmm. only taught... I think I only end up watching maybe like five or six games, um, the whole season, which is like very really sad for me. But, um, it's just like, you know, that's just the way that it is. It's tough to watch the games with like as much as you're traveling and how many games that you're playing a week and everything else that you're trying to focus on. But I do keep tabs, um, like with the guys. I mean, all the, like I said, like Justin obviously one of like was one of my closest friends Have and everybody else on the team. And we just had really the chemistry and camaraderie while I was there was was as good as any team I've ever been a part of, you know, high school, youth, whatever it might be. I mean, everybody was really close. So I still keep in touch with with all those guys, um, even exactly. now, and even the coaches, you know, I would constantly chat with all of them, you know, giving them calls, uh, you know, every every week or two. So, you know, I'm not completely left out of the loop. I might not be able to watch all the games, but um, I still stay in touch with all the guys. Cool.
1: Did you get to come back to Charlottesville this summer at all?
3: Yeah, I did actually, which is awesome. I came back, um, uh, I came back in the beginning of August and I was out in Charlottesville for, um, I worked out for two weeks there, which was, which was awesome. Which was, it was really great. Um, I'm definitely going to try and do the same thing next year as well. I mean, just like everything cool. that they, they have going on there. I mean, they do it the right way and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, their summer, their off season workouts are great. And, uh, you know, I really, I had a good time when I was out there as well. It's nice, just like again, just like to catch up with everybody in person. You know, sit down with yeah. uh, with who go, whoever, go out to dinner with the guys, with the coaches, and then obviously the, the basketball and court work is, is really good as well. Any surprises we should be
1: uh, looking for this upcoming season? Any any secrets you saw in the uh, <laughs> surprise <laughs> players, breakout stars? Uh,
3: um you know i don't know um you know nothing like out of the ordinary i mean i'll obviously (laughs) i think you know guys know what to expect with like malcolm is going to be you know who malcolm is Mm -hmm. he's just solid he's a stud um ag anthony is going to be great um i think toby has really improved a lot i'm expecting toby to have a good year you know his body looks good he's really been focused and, and working hard same with Evan. I mean, the thing with uh, with Coach Bennett's teams, I think uh, you know they just get they get better, um, you know, as the years progress. You know, the more years you have, have under your belt, I think the more experienced teams that Coach Bennett has, um, the better that they're going to be. Just because they know, you know, they know his system, they know how they want to play. They everybody's got a good grasp on it. Um, you got a guy like London, that's been he's mm-hmm. going to lead the team for a third consecutive year. You know, having him as uh one of the leaders of the team and the point guard kinda of running the show is, is huge. I think he's I think he's due for you know, obviously he had two great seasons, but I think he's even gonna take a step up this coming year. And then you know, I expect uh I expect they got to have a lot of depth too. I mean I expect guys like yeah. Devin Hall and uh you know Marielle look yeah. good, Isaiah Wilkins. I mean even Jack Stahl, you know all those guys they look good while they were there. I mean they um, you know, there's a saying that iron sharpens iron, and you know, I think that's like the kind of epitome of this year's uh, this year's team. You know, they got yeah. getting after each other and really competitive. Well, even while I was there, which was in tail end of summer, you know, it's usually when kind of guys kind of start to taper off a little bit because they get a chance to go home. But while I was there, everybody was competing and you know, making each other better and really getting after it. So um, I think that's a good sign. It's good to see, yeah. but I, um, I think um, you know they're just going to be real, real solid across the board.
1: Good stuff. I, I know there's, uh, you probably probably missed like, one starter uh, who's now going to be mad at you for not name-dropping them <laughs> in, in place that are going to be improved. Um, I, 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 I don't know how much you get to follow it, but have you seen the uh, the rankings of the, the recruiting class Tony has coming in uh, for next year? He's got one guy, Jared Reuter, who's coming in this year, so he's already on grounds. But next year they've got one of the best, uh, in terms of rankings, classes in the country, uh, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome. Just got a commitment from a guy named DeAndre Hunter who uh, who is mm-hmm. in uh, Pennsylvania and Jay Huff
3: yep. out, of, out of Durham. Yeah, no, I um, I mean, I said a little bit hard to keep track of as well, but I know, you know, mm-hmm. just with my time being in Charlottesville and listening to Coach Bennett and some of the coaches talk about, you know, the different guys they have coming in and, you know, they're, just, they're really excited. Um, you know, it's definitely probably the most talented recruiting class that, that he's ever gotten. So I think that's exciting. I think that's definitely exciting for all the fans um, in uh, in Charlottesville as well. I mean, shoot, rightfully so. You know, we see the fact that they got a number one recruiting class. I don't think that anybody, you know, in their right mind would have thought that, you know, five, six, seven years ago that Virginia would be pulling <laughs> out the number one ranked recruiting class. So um, it's pretty sweet to see that the program yeah. kind of got to that level and that, you know, coaches bringing in these, um, these top three so I'm, I'm assuming that they're also great kids as well that are going to represent the community in the right way and you know mm-hmm. go about representing themselves as student-athletes in the right way as well. So I think it's exciting, and it's uh, definitely a good time to be um, a Virginia basketball fan.
1: For sure. I think I saw a headline the other day
3: on ESPN. It said,
1: UVA starting to recruit with the big boys and uh, it makes sense. I mean, you win some championships, people are going to, you know, hear about uh, UVA on the national stage. That's going to attract the the blue-chip guys. Um, I'd be curious to hear a little bit about, you know, when Tony goes out and recruits. Obviously, it was a bit of a different situation uh, when he was bringing you across the country, but what uh, what does he go with in terms of of selling the program? I mean, we hear about you know the pillars and and putting the mm-hmm. team in front of yourself and obviously defense and whatnot. But is there anything that maybe sticks out specifically about Tony Bennett and his recruiting pitch that's that's bringing the, you know these high character, highly
3: ranked guys in? Yeah, I mean, you know, thinking back to it, um, I think just the fact that that like, Coach Bennett is He's real, like he's a real and genuine person. You know, what he, mm-hmm. when he comes and presents himself as is what he is. And like, I mean, if he, if you get Coach Bennett into your living room and he sits mm-hmm. down with you and your mom and dad, your mom and dad are going to be the ones that are pushing you to go there after you sit down with him. And that's just the type of person that he He's just as good as it gets. And I think you know where he stands. You know what his program stands for when you come, when you come, when you talk to him and you know, even the fact that, you know, you know that he's got an opportunity to go in there, you get a great education, and then he's really going to help you become a better basketball player, but even more importantly, a better first. But I think the fact that he,
4: right.
3: you know, kind of gradually starting to put some guys into the NBA is probably, you know, it, it makes it enticing for younger kids as well, too. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of guys want to go to Kentucky, and Kentucky always gets these top-ranked recruiting classes. I mean... California Calipari has got, like, a an NBA factory over there. He's pumping these kids, and it's like, it's nothing. And, like, but they have, that's kind of that's a really enticing thing for these young kids right. in a new team is, you know, they and when they see that they're winning, but then they're also, you know, starting to put guys into the NBA. I mean, that's the ultimate goal for most of these kids when they get to school. But then you factor in a lot of the other stuff. And you got the complete package when it comes to Virginia and when it comes to Coach Bennett and the rest of his coaching staff and everything that they kind of preach and have um, at their disposal at UVA. It's kind of hard. I mean, in my opinion, it'd be hard for anybody to really ever turn it down. i
1: right, I'm I'm sold. I'm I'm ready to commit right now. Tony <laughs> yeah. sign me up. <laughs> I, I got one question about Coach Bennett though. Um I wanna know if if you don't mind sharing, what's the, the meanest curse word you've heard coach bennett say
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i gotta put you on the spot feel free to edit it but you know i
3: you know to be honest he doesn't i mean he didn't really <laughs> ever cut very much in, in my part. <laughs> and if he ever did he he would actually he'd apologize about it <laughs> the way that he does it it's not like he's like coming across as like Oh, he's like a soft, like you just like getting been Ben just said the last thing that you ever want to do. It's just like right, not right. not a pleasant scene at all. And like when you get right. fired up and occasionally he's gonna he's gonna come at you and call you something that you don't wanna be called. And uh but usually most times he will take you aside and be like, Hey, I got I was a little fired up emotional there, my emotions have the best to be um <laughs> forgive me for what I for what I said and you're like, like for good. We're we're moving on and we're getting ready to go. <laughs> coach i'm a basketball player i'm used
1: to getting yelled at it's okay
3: (laughs) this is the classic don't get me wrong man it doesn't mean that he's you know just like you know mr cake and lollipops in practice no 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 (laughs) i mean we we hear from the sidelines yeah yeah when
1: he's yelling at carl hess you can tell oh man no yeah that's not me the officials
3: might have something else to say something different to say than what i say but
1: right
3: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but don't get me wrong he's, he's good he's, he's really good in that way though like there's not a lot of coaches that can find that balance between you know really getting on guys and then you know also you know making making it like there's not one time where you didn't think that coach Ben didn't care about you like you knew that right. he cared yeah. about you and cared for you a lot even when he was you know in your face and calling me a pussy and stuff like that you know it's just <laughs> like it's, it's hard that like especially when you're when you're there, by the time you get into your fourth year, you know, Cody Bennett could have called me any name in the book, and right? I still would have known that the big guy really cared for me. I, I probably would have shrugged it off and, and tried to work even harder.
2: <laughs> right. That's awesome. Hey, Joe, a couple minutes ago, you talked about, uh, you know, programs like Kentucky that, that bring in all those AAU guys and turn into, you know, NBA factories where Calipari is getting five or six guys drafted, it seems like virtually every year. Obviously, coming from UVA, Coach Bennett's systems, the pack line, something that, the all of us as fans love, but it's a, a very deliberate system, a, a very unique system. What are some of the, the challenges of that going from that to, to the NBA? And what are some of the ways that you thought that helped you maybe be a little bit better prepared for the NBA game?
3: Um, you know, to be honest, I don't think any system that you play in college is going to, there's no, like, prototypical system in college is going to prepare you for NBA in the right way. And I might be, you know, wrong or maybe biased in saying that just because of the program that I came from. But I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think that there's anything that I've truly transitions, like, to the, to the way that the NBA game is played. It's just because there's such huge contrast between the, the games in general. I mean, just like the fact that the 24-second shot clock, that might not seem like a lot of, like a big time difference between what 35 and what it used to be. I mean, I know it's lower now to 30, but still, but like that's like a pretty significant amount of time in the game. It's just plays so much faster. Um, but I think to be honest with you, the stuff that Coach Bennett preached and, you know, what we learned in his system, they helped me out a ton, um, transitioning to the NBA. You know, nobody was having to bring me aside and break me tell me this is how you need to to you know get over a ball screen or this is how you should be doing this. Like I was able to kinda of go in and that was almost like a seamless transition. I mean there's some other stuff like you know, there's a lot more um it's a bit more complex than people realize as well because you're just, you're just the NBA game is all about personnel and matchups as well. So you're kind of scheming and you have different um you have different schemes and stuff on a game by game basis. That that in itself is challenging for everyone because there's not a lot of college programs where like you're preparing for each team a different way. I think of most college teams, the way that they go about it, they have a system and it's like you, if your system is better than mine, so be it. But like, it's like, it's just a battle. It's like the coaches are the ones that are going in here laying on the line. Whereas in the NBA, it's like, you know, the, the reason why the talent, the teams that have like the top tier talented guys are the ones that are able to kind of, you know, carry them a long way because it really, is really based off the personnel in the matches but if you have more talent, guys that can make plays, I mean more more likely than not. I mean you factor that in a number of other things obviously, you know, coaching and LFF is very intricate and you gotta have, have the right type of guys. But um but you factor that in with just like crazy amounts of talent and chances are you're gonna have some success. Whereas in college the coaches can kind of manipulate things a little bit more and most coaches do. Mm-hmm. Even teams like Calipari, where he mm-hmm. has a ton of, you know, NBA talented Type player it's still going to be a tough transition for them to the nba just because there's nothing truly the contrast is 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 quite different between the nba and college game no matter where you play at um it's just like guys are being evaluated based off potential talent and um some are some, some are better there's an easier transition for some but for the most part it's a difficult transition for most people
4: yeah absolutely uh Joe, I have uh, sort of a completely unrelated question. Uh, I think this was your uh, third year when at, at UVA, um, when one of our writers, Will Campbell, uh, made a comment <laughs> about just give it to Joe hashtag swoon. And that swoon <laughs> hashtag just really took off third year and especially fourth year. Uh, how much of a hard time, you know, did your teammates give you? On that, either in college or beyond, you know, in the (laughs) NBA, if you got any hard time for that, or, you know, tell us about swoon and how it's affected your life personally.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in college, is definitely much bigger of a deal, but, you know, all the guys on the team like to have a lot of fun with it, joke with me about it, and, uh, you know, and even with like the nicknames, like the Joey Hoops and Joey Bucket, stuff like that, everybody like Mm -hmm. just like mess around with me about that that stuff, um, especially in college, but thankfully, you know, nobody really knew about the, the swoon stuff um, in the NBA. Otherwise, I probably would have I probably would have been hearing about it quite a bit, and they probably would have heard <laughs> about it quite a bit. So it's quite good that that nobody knew about it. Thankfully, <laughs> we'll be working on so that. We, we'll be printing yeah, we'll up some
4: shirts in Cavs colors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, Joe, uh, before we let you go, and uh, uh, we we got to talk a little bit. I think earlier you were saying you couldn't make it down, but you you did get to catch the Notre Dame football game this past weekend, right? Oh
3: man, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> it to be depressing like every news. Every other every other UZA fan watching that game just complete just devastation at the end. And, uh, yeah.
1: What a way! I mean, you know, to going in, I I, I think we were. Uh, pessimistic probably uh about them being able to to hang around um but i mean i i was just perfectly surprised and delighted and just just so amped that they were doing so well and and in marching down the field you, you know you thought that Canaan Severn was going to catch anything thrown to him was you know we were going to do it beat a top ten team, get that signature win and then just to lose it. I I haven't seen much more tragic ways to lose a football game.
3: Man, <laughs> I cannot believe that it. it was just um and the fact that, you know, it's like their backup quarterback coming in there too, making the play like that. And this mm-hmm. is like the saving grace for Notre Dame. right now. everybody's like praising <laughs> praising it rightfully so, but at the same time I just like I could I couldn't believe it. I just I couldn't. I couldn't even. Uh, yeah, I was exactly like the kid that's hanging over the brick wall at the end of the game. <laughs> just believe. Yeah,
1: me. I I got more text messages asking if that was me uh, than I would care <laughs> to admit.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that was outrageous.
1: Well, hopefully, hopefully they'll come back this weekend and and get get William yeah, and Yeah, I still take think care of you know, to
3: be. I think we can be optimistic as as, um, as fans going forward, just because. I mean, if they can bring that level of play, you know, every weekend, I think they got a good chance to to kind of turn things around and get momentum on their side. So, um, you know, hoping for, for a big win against William and Mary now. And then, um, you know, be, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I know that Boise big game will be a big one too.
1: Oh, well, true. I mean, it, it's not fair. Not fair to overlook William and Mary, considering the last sentence. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah, definitely
3: not. By uh, no means am I saying that at all. It's to be me,
1: but... uh, knock on wood. I I think we'll take care of it for sure. Do you do you want to go out on a limb with maybe a, a season prediction for the football team? Do you do you see maybe I'm just record
3: wise? Um, you know, I don't want to like sell I'm sure or anything like that at all, but mm-hmm. I think realistically um which actually would i think it'd be a solid season from too at this point with how we started i think mm-hmm. seven and five you know that could be realistic and i yeah. mean if it were to happen i think that'd be, that'd be a solid year for us i think that'd be great and then you get to a bowl Absolutely. i mean I that's huge
1: no i think seven and five everyone would take that as a win especially if you ask them at the beginning of the season with the way the schedule yeah, no question. And, and coming off
3: losing yeah. or... no question um
1: if if they play like they did uh, against Notre Dame, I think they got a great chance to do that. And uh, yeah, I, I think, so, sure. do you think one of those seven wins will be beating the Hokies for the first time in a long time?
3: Oh yeah, I mean we're, we're, <laughs> we we uh, we're we're ready for that for that W.
1: That's awesome. I, I I agree with you. I'm going to be optimistic too. I I do have a quick question about that before we let you go. Again, I'm just going to keep saying that and keep asking you questions all night. But uh, well, I'm curious about um, the basketball rivalry. Do do the guys on the basketball team get amped for the Virginia Tech game in the same way that you would the Duke or Carolina or Maryland game?
3: Yeah, I think it is definitely pretty exciting. Um, you know. It's, Looking back um, in in my four years, I think um, I think the first couple of years were definitely a little bit more exciting because uh, Virginia Tech's program was was pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, my third and fourth year, they were a little bit down, so um, it kind of tailed off a little bit. The fans still, especially the students, they still you know are, are really into it, and that and that kind of feeds into everybody else. Um, you know, I always really look forward to going um to Blacksburg it was a fun gym to play in and it's just a cool atmosphere having like their student section behind uh right behind the hoop um you know it's always a fun environment to play in and it was also a lot of fun you know uh beating them as well as often awesome as we did so <laughs> as long as we can keep that going I think um I think everybody will be will be feeling good about it and I think it's good that UGA kind of has the rights to the basketball realm of stuff we just need to transition and build to football now
1: yeah, I mean we've got the we've got the Capital One Cup locked down where we're yeah, killing it. Yeah, we got in, in we some got
3: basically it. everything else for us. We just need we just need to, to shut them up with some uh, some football
1: <laughs> We need to get some football football to add there because that's that that what's what brings in the big bucks. But I was sitting there with Notre Dame fans, uh, friends of mine at the game and. And you know, just going, man, this is a lot of national championships to applaud. Gosh, after the after the third one, <laughs> oh, I know you weren't there, Joe, but every every quarter break, they brought out one yeah, of the that, national that, champions from oh last my year, and yeah, we just had to keep thing. standing up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Is that laughs> so hopefully, the basketball
1: now? team will get there.
3: Oh yeah, yeah I mean, man. what a year! What an unbelievable year! Man, the, how exciting would that be? It'd be unreal.
1: Yeah, we'll get Tony and company out there. Uh, one of these days, I'm sure. Hopefully next year. I, li- I like what you have to say about London. Even though he's he's been awesome, one of the best point guards, he- there's still always room for improvement. And uh, yeah, definitely. You know, hopefully he's going to be even better. Oh, well, cool. yeah, no, one more time in. before... Before you go, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but uh, why don't I uh, rehash it? We, you know, um, make sure if you're listening to this to, to go to GiveNaked.org, uh, right on the homepage, uh, Give105. Joe Harris, Give for Fire Relief is right there. Uh, and Joe, thanks again so much for joining us. Uh, it's great to hear some stories. Uh, if you've got any parting words, uh, I'll give the floor to you.
3: Hey, yeah, uh, thanks again for just having me on and helping me raise some awareness for the GiveNaked.org. Um, again, yeah, any donation helps and, uh, you know, five, $1, $5, whatever it might be, it goes a long way and more than you realize. So, um, thanks again. And then, you know, wahoo wah, man, thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, I believe orange and blue and, uh, you know, I'll be tuning into the football games the rest of the season. I'll be watching Is uh, his basketball games like him too
1: all right well thanks again joe wahoo is a great place to end it so uh for streaking the line i'm Pierce, and uh for matt and
0: brian we'll just end with go who's the all-new toyota rav4 asks what if what if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare, the all-new RAV4 Limited, featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior, and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof, the all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota, let's go places. JBL and Clarifier, registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated.
4: Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the...
0: Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily
4: pep talk.